0: Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Social media, like you know, it gets a lot of bad stuff on social media, you know, and gets a lot of bad press. But sometimes there's some good stuff on social media, some funny things, some creative things. Uh, I'm speaking of some of the memes that you see on, um, on, on uh, social media, particularly the ones that I like are the ones that, uh, th- that are the kind of two pictures. The first picture is how I think I look doing something and then how I actually look, do you know what I'm talking about? If not, let me show you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about, okay? So here's the first one, how I thought I'd look as a mom, how I actually look. Some of your mothers can appreciate that, right? How I think I look when I go jogging versus how I actually look. How I think I look when I wake up versus how I actually look when I wake up. How I think I look when I laugh, how I actually look when I laugh. How I think I look with short hair, how I actually look with short hair. How I think I look like when I cry, how I actually look when I cry. How I think I look eating chocolate, how I actually look eating chocolate. What I think I look like at the beach, what I actually look like at the beach. Now, this one, hold on a second. How I think I look as a Christian. Okay, there you go. All right, now, how I actually look as a Christian. Yeah, this is kind of what All right, here's the second one. How I think I look as a Christian, how I actually look. As a Christian, now here—that's the truth. See, those last ones are really what I want to talk about, because isn't it true that sometimes we look at ourselves—we're followers of Jesus—and we think, "Man, I've, I've got, to, I've got it! have got it conquered! I've got it figured out! I'm—you know, this is easy!" And then, how I actually look as a Christian comes out, and we—we we find out it doesn't work that way, right? We—we—we we, we don't do the things we want to do. We fail. We fall uh, away from God a little bit. We—we—we. We, we, follow our temptations in a wrong direction. We do all the things that we don't wanna do and it's a big struggle. And the fact of the matter, being a Christian is really, really, really hard. It's really, really hard. In fact, it's impossible to do in your own strength. But even with the help of the Holy Spirit, it's really hard. You know there are a lot of things in life that, that look easy that are really hard. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, things like juggling. You ever want to see anybody juggle that knows what they're doing? I mean, they got things going on. They're juggling fire and chainsaws and you know, all kinds. You take like two balls and it's hard enough, right? It looks so easy, but it's hard to do. Flying an airplane, looks easy. I've never done it, but I, you know, how much harder could it be than driving a car, right? It's probably a lot harder. You don't want me behind the wheel of an, of a, of an airplane. How about skiing, downhill skiing, looks easy. I thought it was really easy until I actually tried that. It's really hard. It's super hard to do that. How about parenting? <laughs> parenting is one of those Before I had a, a kids, I was a pro, right? I knew exactly how to parent. When I got kids, I'm like, this is ridiculously hard. I didn't sign up for this. And being a Christian is the same way. Before I was a follower of Jesus, I thought, that looks easy enough. How hard could that be? Just give your life to Jesus and you'll have no more temptations, no more problems. Everything will be, will be beautiful. Wrong, right? It doesn't work that way. There's a struggle that goes on inside of all of us. There's this idea that I wanna do what I wanna do to follow God, I wanna honor God in my life, but sometimes I don't accomplish it. We're in a series called Unrestricted. We're going through the book of Galatians. In the book of Galatians, we've been talking a lot, we're we're gonna be in chapter five today, but we've been walking through this book and it's really a book about uh, living free in Christ. And, and the struggle between the law and, and the Old Testament law, the rules and regulations in the New Testament as followers of Jesus living under grace. And today we're gonna to kind of turn the corner a little bit and we're gonna talk about what that means, that freedom we have is not a license to do anything we please. It, it simply means that we're, when we're in free in Christ, um, we're, we're, we have Him, His power working in us so that we can live the life that we want to live and that God wants us to live, but it's really, really, really hard. And you might ask yourself, why is it so hard? Well, there's this struggle, there's this battle inside of every single one of us. And every time, the scriptures you're gonna see today, every time we make a decision, every time we try to follow God, every time we do the right thing, there's a struggle. And it's, and it's internal and it's, it's something that we'll have as long as we have breath in our lungs, it's just the way that it is. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter five and we're gonna look at verses 16 through 25, uh, through 26. And some of this is gonna be, um, I think, familiar to a lot of you. If, if you, you know, Of course, if you've spent time in the Bible, you'll recognize some of it, but some of us may, we're gonna focus on a different part probably than what you, what you think we're gonna focus on when, when I read this. Okay, beginning in verse 16. Again, this is the Apostle Paul writing the church in Galatia, and he's saying to these guys, he's saying, hey, look, um, there's, there's some false teaching going on around you. I want you to be heads up on this thing, and I want you to understand that we're free in Christ. So he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let me pause for a second, okay? So, so the battle that goes on inside of us is between the old self, the sinful nature, and the new self, the spirit nature, that you get when you give your life to Jesus. And again, there's this battle that he's gonna be talking about. He says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite uh, of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So again, a familiar part of that is probably what's known as the fruit of the Spirit, which... He said, you know, when the, when, when the Spirit is running our lives, there's all this great fruit. And, and again, that's familiar to a lot of people, but that's not really where we're going to focus. We're going to come back at the beginning of the year, and we're going to cover all of the fruit of the Spirit and give each of them the, the attention they deserve. But, in, but today, I want to focus on the battle that goes on inside of us. And this battle is literally for who will call the shots in your life. Who will be on the throne of your life? Who will rule and reign in your life? Will it be you or God? Who's the one who's going to be in control? This is the battle. And every single one of us has that battle. Whether you've been a believer for five minutes or or 50 years, there's a battle that goes on inside of every single one of us, and it won't subside until we get to heaven. But how do we deal with that? Why do we have it? And, And how do we get victory over that, and that's what I want to talk to you today. Because again, I, I think all of us feel that we know the struggle. I mean, the struggle is real. It's it's uh, you know we put on a, a a mask and we pretend everything is great. And we and we and we I think even we fool ourselves to the point we say this is how I think I look as a Christian and how I versus how I actually look as a Christian. So let me give you two points today. And the first one I've kind of already alluded to, but let me give you, it's in a little more length to this, so if you're a note taker, I'm apologizing for the length of this, but here you go. There's an ongoing battle for our allegiance with clear indications of which side is winning. There's an ongoing battle. It's not a one and done, right? It's not not like you give your life to Jesus and it's over. It's an ongoing battle for our allegiance with clear indications of which side is winning is winning. Now, when it comes to forming allegiances, we do this all the time, and we have no problem. And most of us, when we form an allegiance with something that we really believe in, some core conviction we have, we, we don't sway from that. It's, it's, it's just part of us. Think about some of the allegiances we form. When it comes to sports, we do this all the time. You have your team, and, and if you're really a diehard fan, you live and die with that team. Some years they're doing really good, some years they struggle, but it doesn't matter because you're there through thick and thin. Through the, you know, the good days and the bad days, you're there because that's what allegiance is all about. When it comes to even things like restaurants, let me just, for a show of hands, you know, there's this debate, who's the best chicken these days, right? Is it Chick-fil-A or is it, was it Popeyes? Is that the other one? Is that, which one is it? I don't know, I mean, is it Chick-fil-A? How many Chick-fil-A people in here? Yeah, this is church, everybody with hands ought to be up there, right? <laughs> How many Popeyes up there? Okay, there are a few of you. You need to repent. But anyways, that's okay. It's all right. I have no dog in a fight anyway. So, But it, but the fact of the matter is that, that everybody, we have these allegiance. How about with sodas? This is a big one for a lot of people, especially in the South. All right, is it is it Pepsi or is it Coke? All right, all right. Okay, now, if you're a Coke person, raise your hand. All right, now, Pepsi people, raise your hand. All right, now, here's the deal. If you, if you are really staunch, uh, you know, supporter of one of those two things. If you went to a restaurant and you, you know, it just happens if you say, I want Coke and they go, we don't carry Coke, is Pepsi okay? You know, it's like revolt when that happens. If you're a true allegiance to that, it's like, what do you mean you don't have Coca-Cola products in here? I don't drink stinking Pepsi, no, I have to I mess. Mean, but when you have, when you feel that inside, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to our allegiance to God, which should be our biggest allegiance that we have, right? Like his allegiance to us, our allegiance to him, our core convictions, all of that. We really believe that, but let's just be real honest. Even though we really, really, really believe that and we want God to sit on the throne and we want God to call the shots and we believe that God is, is better at that than us, the fact of the matter is that we often don't keep those allegiances the way that we should. Like a lot of time, I want to be back in control. And the problem with all of these things is, is, it, is sometimes it's almost subconscious. Like I want, I want God to be in control of everything. I'm team Jesus. I'm all in with Jesus, right? That's how I feel. That's how I, that's how I feel as a Christian, but how I actually look sometimes doesn't, doesn't play out that way. Like the certain temptation will come along, and although I'm team G- Jesus and I have full allegiance with him, the right temptation comes along, and I'm like over here. Or if I'm praying God come through, God come through, and God doesn't come through in my timing, I'd start kind of trying to figure things out my own. I go my own direction. I, I'm no longer as, as closely aligned to him as I should be because I've kind of broke the allegiance a little bit. And it happens to all of us. As I say, sometimes it's, it's almost subconscious. We don't mean to do it. In fact, that's the aggravating part of it, isn't it? That, you know, you really don't want it to be that way. You want him to be fully in control. Like you want him on the throne. You know he does a better job than you do. And yet, sometimes it just works out that, that we, we make bad choices. It's almost, it's almost like sometimes we're powerless when the right temptation comes along, isn't it? Like, don't you feel that way? It's almost like the moth going to the bug zapper. You know what I'm talking about? Like the bug zapper is going on all the moths are flying around and it's like zap, 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 zap. And you got to imagine that one of those moths is flying around that thing, even though their brain is probably like this small. I mean, they're probably flying around thinking, man, that looks really good. I mean, that, that looks amazing. Look at that blue light. And as they get closer, they see all of their buddies fried right on, the, right on the thing. And it has to, at some point, it's gotta like some point they go, you know, there's old Fred there and he's fried on that thing. And if I did that, that probably could happen to me. And then we go, they go anyways, like they're like, and they become a statistic. This is how it feels sometimes, doesn't it? Now let's just be real, doesn't it feel that way sometimes? Like I really want him in control. But then I kind of pull him off the throne. And I go, let me take this seat for a little bit. I think I can handle it right now. I'll call you if I need you. That's the battle, right? Because why does it happen? The battle. The battle that the scripture talks about. This is not just me talking about, this is what the Bible says. This is what Paul is writing to the Galatians. Hey, check this out, this is what happens. There's this battle going on inside of you for for your allegiance. Who are you going to, which side are you going to go on? It's almost like, you know, the cartoons with like like the devil on one shoulder and the the angel on the other shoulder and the battle to do this. No, don't do that. That's how it feels. And this is why Paul writes and he says, look, this is real stuff. This is not give your life to Jesus and, and everything is rainbows and unicorns. This is the real deal. This is hard. It's so hard but God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us, this new nature, and the struggle is going on. And that's what it, this is what it talks about, so let's go back to scripture. In Galatians 5, verses, verse 17, the sinful nature, right? It was a sin, sinful nature, what it, that's, that's the old nature. Every one of us, when we're born, we have the sin nature because we inherited it from Adam way back in the Garden of Eden. So we have the sin nature. And if you don't have Jesus, that's the only nature you have, right? It's the, it's the flesh. And this is a problem. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The new, when you give your life to Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to live in you. You have a new nature. So there's this war between the old nature and the new nature. And again, it's going on all the time. It's an ongoing battle. So the Spirit gives us, the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the, nat- uh, what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. That's why it's hard. Like, this is what I wanna do. I wanna follow God with all my heart, but I got the struggle inside of me. There's a battle. It's like WWF all the time. You know, coming off the top rope. I heard it's my sin coming after you. And, I, and I'm battling this thing and I wanna do the right thing and I, and I want the Holy Spirit to win, but here's the deal. These two natures, constantly, constantly fighting. It's not as easy going, well, I'm just gonna follow God. Wouldn't it be so awesome if when you gave your life to Jesus, there was no more temptation? Like, no, I didn't have to deal with sin anymore. That's not reality. Every single day. In Romans chapter seven, Galatians, again, is, is a, was a letter that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia. In Romans, this is Paul writing to the church in Rome. And here's what he says about the struggle, all right? This, this struggle that we all have. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my, nat- in my sinful nature. I wanna do what is right, but I can't. I wanna do what is good, but I don't. I don't wanna do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. The struggle is real. I mean, it's, it, this is him. This is, this is the Apostle Paul. This is a guy that wrote like a third of the New Testament. And he's just being real honest. He's saying, what I want to do, I, I, I don't do. And the very thing that I hate, that I don't want to do, I end up doing it. Because it's a battle. And, if, and if, you, if you, first of all, if you're in denial, that's never good because then you, you're never going to fight the battle. If you, if you don't see that there's a battle, you, you, you won't even put up a fight. So you have to understand that there's, there's, there's this battle. It's not just you. It's not like, what's wrong with me? No, all of us have this. Some of us just hide it better than others. But the fact of the matter is we all struggle. So, Here's the thing, there's the battle, and you wanna know which side is winning, just look at your life. Look what comes out of it, the Bible calls that fruit of what's being produced, all right? That's gonna be obvious. Which side is winning is gonna become obvious. Here's what he says. When you follow desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So if you wanna know if, this, if the sin nature, the old nature that you had, you know, that, that you inherited from Adam, um, if that side is winning, that allegiance is where, that, you know, where your allegiance is. He says, here is the, the results of that. He says, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And then he says this, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I'll pause there. All right, so he says, look, here is, here's the fruit of, of the sin nature. And if these things are coming out of your life, then guess who's in control, at least at that moment. Right? And he gives that list. And there's some, you know, some of them we would say, oh, those are really, really bad ones. And then we go, oh, I didn't realize that was on the list. Like envy. Like my neighbor got a nicer car than me. And I, like, that's what he's talking about? Yes. When those things happen, he's saying, that's just a result of the sin nature kind of winning the battle. But then he goes on and say, now, here, here but the Holy Spirit, right, when, when the Spirit, you know, that God gives us is in control and, and everything's clicking, all, you know, all cylinders hitting. Here's what he says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So he says, look, if you wanna know where your allegiance really is, look at your life. And again, we're gonna hit on all of those nine fruits of the Spirit um, in, in the beginning of the year, and we're, we're going to spend some time on those. But for the sake of this, this, is what he's saying: Hey, just look at your life, and you will figure it out. Now, again, I think um, you know we're in church. All of us are here because I think we want God to be in control of our lives. We 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 see the value in that. And um, even though there's a battle, ultimately we desire that. So how do we how do we you know, how do we get there? How do we allow the Spirit? You know how does this How do I ever win the battle? And I'm going to give you that as a second point because I think the scripture tells us how to do it, and that's not going to be easy. And again, it's not going to be a one and done. This is something you'll have to do all the time. But here's the the point of number two, and that is feed the nature you want to develop. Feed the nature you want to develop. As long as we're alive, this battle's going to happen gonna happen. And in the second week of this series, you might recall that the Apostle Paul made a statement and the message was called The Crucified Life. I think that's what I called the message. And he said, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Jesus Christ now lives in me. You remember that? I've crucified with Christ. So what he was saying is, look, my old self, the old nature has been crucified with Christ. He's dead. And I no longer live, but Jesus Christ now lives in me, like the new nature. But now he says, but there's a struggle, there's a battle. So the old self that is crucified, the problem is, it's, it's even though I've put my old self to death, the sin nature to death, when Jesus died and I trusted in his, his uh, work on the cross, that my sins died, all right? However, I still got that sin nature. It's supposed to be crucified, and the new nature is supposed to be in control. But how many know that the old nature is kind of like a volcano that can sit for a long time in a dormant stage? And you would look and say, that thing will never be dangerous again. And then you have Mount you know, St. Helens, and, and there's an eruption. And you see the old self, and you go, where did that come from? I, I mean, that, that, I put him to death. No, he's, he's kind of like... He's not totally dead. He can be revived very easily. The right temptation comes along. The, the person says something, cuts us off in traffic, tailgates us, whatever, and it triggers something. And the next thing we know, the flesh comes out and we're like, oh, why did I do that? And if, there's a pattern to this. Have you ever noticed it? Because I think what we all do, I know that I have done this so many times it's so frustrating. It is a never-ending, vicious cycle that you can never, it, It's it's guilt-ridden and it never works and yet, I think we all do it. Here's what the pattern looks like: We make a vow, "I'm living for God from this point forward." I'm spirit nature; I, the flesh is dead. I'm not. I'm not doing that stuff anymore. And then a temptation comes along. We we, we try to battle it in our own strength, and we don't we don't have much resistance. We give in to that temptation. We sin against God, and then we feel remorse. There's this like the guilt covers us, and then we go, "Oh, I'm so, I feel so bad." And so then we go, "All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna." Stop doing that, and so I'm, I'm just going to take all the willpower I've got, and I'm going to stop doing that, and, and we make a vow that'll never happen again. I'm going to try harder, and I'm just going to make sure I never put myself in that position again, and then, and then it happens again, and so we go through that whole process again, of feeling guilty and feeling bad, and I'm vowing that I'll never do it again, and trying harder, and then it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and we go, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And we all feel, but he look, I'm not saying don't try harder. You ought to try. There should be some resistance. But if you're only trying to just trying to muster up all the strength that you have, you're not going to, you've got to feed the nature that you want to win, right? If there's a battle, I've got to feed the nature. And I've used this example before, but think about this, because okay, this is the best illustration I can come up with, all Right? Think about your two natures the old nature is supposed to be dead and the new nature jesus right i need to feed the nature that i want to win the battle so i want you to picture you you've got two pit bulls you've got separate cages right you've got pit bulls one in each cage and one of those pit bulls every day you go out there and you feed this great nutrition high you know good stuff you give supplements there's plenty of water you give them exercise you you, you, you nurture him and take care of him and all that stuff. And, and, the, and the plan is, you know, in the next six months, you're going to take these dogs and you're, you're going to let them fight one another and see which one wins. So you take care of this one. And the other one is in this cage every now and then you throw him a little food. But he's skin and bones. He barely gets enough water, never gets exercise, just kind of sits in a cage and, and, and languishes. And the, this happens day after day and month after month. And then you finally let him out of the cage and you go, all right, fight. Now, it, who's going to win that fight? I mean, you know which one's gonna win. The one that's been well fed and nurtured and cared for and exercised, that's the one that win the battle. And it's the same thing in our spirit. You've got these two natures going on and whichever one you feed is the one that's gonna win. And if you never even really give any attention to the spirit nature that you have, the spirit of God living inside of you, if just kind of like, hey, every now and then I'll show up on a Sunday and that's about it, that's all you're going, that's like throwing every now and then a little food to the dog. But when we're in the word of God, and we pick up the Bible and we read and we, and, we, and, we, and we pray and we spend time with God and we go to church and we, and we go through some spiritual disciplines that, that feed the spirit inside of you. So when the battle comes, because it's coming, right? Every single day there's battles, onslaught of things coming up. He says every, every time we have these good intentions that, that we're gonna have these battles. So when that comes up, whichever nature is better fed is probably gonna win the fight. But if all I do is feed my sin nature, the flesh, then when I get in those battles, it's gonna be hopeless. Because I don't have any, I got no strength spiritually. I can't fight off the battle. So here's how he puts it, okay? So let's go back to scripture. Galatians 5, 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It almost sounds so simple. Oh, okay, I'll just do that. I just just let the Spirit guide. I love the word guide there. Let the Holy Spirit guide you, which gives the indication that He's the one in front leading, right? And He's guiding you. You're not plowing ahead and hoping that He'll follow you somewhere. You're just saying, okay, I'm going to trust you through all of these situations. In Galatians five twenty four and 25, he says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Every part of your life, let him lead. And some of those words that, that he is guiding us, that he's gonna lead us and that our, our job is to follow, our job is to yield. When, when, when I am faced with that decision, I, I, that temptation comes along or whatever it is where I'm having that battle where who's gonna sit on the throne and who's gonna call the shots and who's gonna, who's gonna be in control here. When that battle happens, what I need to do is I need to yield and say, God, you take it. This is your throne, this, my life is your life, you gave it to me, I am going to just submit totally to you. So I'm gonna yield, I'm gonna submit, I'm gonna follow. I'm going, to, I'm going to abide or remain in you. I'm gonna do what the scripture says I need to do because if I do that, then I can live the victorious Christian life that I wanna live. Otherwise, I'm gonna be failing often, more than I'm winning. And even with the Spirit's guidance, as long as we're in this flesh, We're not going to win every battle. We're going to try, but it's going to be difficult. So here's the thing. Who's in control of your life? Like I know it's church, so you're going to say Jesus, but really who's in control of your life? And you go, well, I'm not really sure. Well, what about the fruit? What's coming out of your life? Okay, because that'll tell us, but you don't have to tell us. We all have our own, but it will tell you. Just look at your life. Analyze your life. See what comes out. Or, or you know, go through those lists again, in your quiet time, and say which which one do I see more of? Do I see more of the flesh coming out of me, or more of the spirit coming out of me? If it's more of the flesh, that means I need to I need to spend more time with God. I need to feed, feed the spirit much more. That's what I got to do. So who's in control? Who's calling the shots? Who sits on the throne? If, if, you're, if you're here and, you and you know, probably like all of us, this is not a, supposed to be a message that makes you feel guilty. We all, we all know that we, we don't measure up, you know, when we're fighting through the battles that we, we give in too easily. We don't put up enough resistance. We all agree with that. But here's the thing. It's not about beating ourselves up and, okay, wow, I feel really feel bad. No, it's just saying, okay, I want to do something about this. And it's not me and my own strength. I've got the power living within me. I've got resurrection power living inside of me. That's what the Bible says. The same Spirit which raised Christ from the dead lives in me and lives in you if you've given your life to Jesus. The greatest power ever seen, a resurrection power that could raise dead people, lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit lives in you which means we can get the victory. But we've got to yield. We've got to follow. And we've got to feed the Spirit. So I want to pray with you. And I just want to I just give you an opportunity, if you don't know Christ, to give your life to Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you're going, you know what, it's so obvious that in my life as I look at the fruit of my life that the Spirit is not in control. It's the flesh. And I want to repent of that today. And I want to recommit my life to Christ today. Then maybe that's the decision you need to make. Let's pray, Lord God, thank you for your over and over and over again forgiveness and your understanding of how difficult it is for us. And God, I thank you that you didn't leave us, just defend, um, fight this enemy on our own, this, this this flesh on our own. You gave us the Holy Spirit to come inside of us and to, and to fight the battle for us. So I pray, God, for those who today are, are feeling like, when they look at their lives, that the flesh is definitely uh, the side that is obviously in control right now. And I'm praying that for every person who would acknowledge that and and be honest enough to say that, I pray that today that they would do business with you and they, they would trust you to help overcome their flesh. So Lord, I pray for those who today need to make a recommitment of their heart to you. Their hearts have wandered a little bit. they become somewhat of the prodigal who've moved away from the father. And I pray that today they would recognize that and repent and return to the one who offers grace, forgiveness, and love. And if that's you today and you're saying, I'm already a follower of Jesus, but I've, I've kind of strayed a little bit, maybe offer a prayer like this, Jesus, I'm coming back. I know I've, you know I've always been your child since I gave my life to you, but I haven't lived that way and, I, and I've let the flesh control me. And today I'm, I am just making a vow that I'm going to feed the spirit and I'm going to follow his guidance in my life. Now, maybe you're here today and you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And you've been trying to do this on your own. You only have the flesh. There is no spirit living inside of you, but that can change in an instant if you'll place your faith in Christ and make a commitment of your heart. And maybe if you'd like to do that, I'm just gonna lead in a prayer. You can put this in your own words, but something like this. Jesus, today, right now, I believe by faith that you died on that cross for me. And I am placing my faith, my trust, my commitment in you. Holy Spirit, come live in my life. Rule and reign inside of me. Lead me and guide me and I will follow. God, I pray that even today we would start sensing that we're we're winning the battle. We have victory because Jesus lives in us. And we don't have to settle for second best when we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. So God, I pray that we would today and this week and the rest of our lives. We would trust you. We would, we would allow you to sit on the throne. In the name of Jesus, amen.